discussing the ideas, the challenges, and the technology of the cryptoconomy. This is a Cryptoconomy Chat. All right, crew, welcome back to the Crypto Economy Podcast. Sorry for missing the episode yesterday. If uh, anybody caught my tweet, uh, the wife and I went out early in the morning before I even had an opportunity to jump into any of my recording or anything. And then one errand turned into another, into another, and we were literally busy the entire weekend. And it was like five something in the afternoon when I was like, holy crap, I'm not even going to get home in time to have an episode today so i did miss the episode yesterday and that sucks but i got a really fun one today we've got a crypto chat with citizen bitcoin it is brady from the citizen bitcoin podcast he is host over there with tommy um i just recently did a show with brady um on his podcast uh talking about eric wall and all the icos and stuff um and today we're going to be discussing the entire scope of Bitcoin education in the sphere today um, and how to look, how to filter, um, who to listen to, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff. It's a really fun discussion. But before we get into it, I have a couple of fun things that just happened over the weekend um, or today. Like this morning, Casa Hodel announced that they have a plug-and-play full Bitcoin and Lightning node device. It's basically a Raspberry Pi with a one terabyte hard drive, um, uh, you know, firmware, software, all that stuff already installed. They've got a custom interface um, that looks really, really simple to use. So if you're looking to... Um, uh, they're looking to ship in October, so if you want to start playing around and tinkering with Lightning in a really easy, just straightforward way, um, you know, plug it in and basically let it go if you don't even want to bother with it. It's got autopilot built in, so it will manage your channels for you. Just fund it with some Bitcoin. You've got a Lightning node and a Bitcoin node, um, and that's just really awesome. I It took me a minute or so arguing myself they've only got a hundred for their initial rollout uh, and they plan to start shipping in october so i hope i'm i'm fingers crossed i've gotten in with the first 100 because i want that sucker i want to play around with it and i want to set it up for online shop and all that great stuff so just wanted to make you guys aware that that is on the horizon and definitely something to explore that's with casa hodel i'll include a link in the description obviously so you can go check it out Another cool thing is Samurai Wallet has just reached out to try to get, uh, I think it's beta testers for their iOS wallet. Um, that's the Sentinel wallet. So it looks like we got iOS wallet finally on the horizon. And I am really excited about that. So if you want to check that out, they've got their email posted in the Telegram chat. So you can jump over there and chat with the you know, devs, team members, and all the other community around it and talking about all the cool stuff going on with that project. Uh, and I have actually reached out to them by email and Telegram uh, to see if anybody would like to come on the show because I would love to dig into the brain of one of their team members about all the awesome stuff being integrated into that project and future plans. Uh, 
Unfortunately, they are very busy and uh, politely declined saying it will probably be towards the end of this year before they really have any schedule for that. But maybe if you go over there, show them some love and let them know you want to hear them on the podcast, uh, that would be wonderful. Maybe don't make them hate me, but, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, throw, throw in a good word. Let them know I'm, uh, I'm legit and really would love to talk to them. Uh, let's see. Oh, also got a donation. Somebody sent me a couple of bucks over the weekend. Thank you so much. That was awesome. Uh, again, it, it pays for my coffee in the mornings, and I could not be happier. Coffee is the fuel that runs this show. So if you want to buy me a coffee, please donate to the show. That would be amazing. Um, it's super wonderful to know that people are out there appreciating it um, because it is a ton of work. Uh, but uh, I will always have my Bitcoin donation address available for those people. And thank you so much, anonymous user of the Bitcoin network, for making sure I do not fall asleep while reading hours and hours of stuff about Bitcoin every day. All right, guys, let's jump in. This is a crypto chat with Brady from Citizen Bitcoin Podcast. All right, welcome back to another crypto chat. Um, we have got Brady on the show today. He is the host or uh, host and Tommy is the co-host from mm -hmm. uh, Citizen Bitcoin, but we got Brady here today. Um, so welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I'm a big fan. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Um, I, I just went through uh, in the last episode when I was telling everybody about the fact that we were going to do a recording together. Yeah, um, I was going through trying to figure out which ones. I thought I had been skipping around your podcast like a whole bunch, but apparently yeah. I had just listened to each of the ones since the quick read when you first right. okay. asked me. So it was like it was like those four or five, whichever it was. Yeah, um, yeah. But I've been I've been really enjoying yours, and like I hope my listeners actually go over there and check out some of the stuff uh, that y'all are doing because uh, um, specifically one of the episodes, like y'all just really hit a ton of bullet points, whereas like my stuff is. Here's one topic. Let's read an article and talk about that one thing. Y'all go yeah. through a lot in one episode, um, which is really cool because it's kind of a uh, a good aggregate, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of a contrast to what you're doing because we only do a show like every other week, um, mm -hmm. and I've kind of been interspersing some some crypto quick reads uh, as inspired by your podcast uh, in in between them. But yeah, Tommy and I, you know, we, we got full time jobs and stuff, and so we can only get together every couple weeks. And it just started by us, you know getting together and chatting about Bitcoin and uh, we're like, Oh, let's start recording them and uh, started publishing them. And, and it just, it's a, it's cool because it's, it's a kind of a forcing function for us to uh, learn or dive a little bit deeper, or, um, ask a few more questions so that we're a little bit more sure about what we're saying on the show since it's going out on the air. And uh, it's been a good way for us to learn. So. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, it's funny how that always, that always seems to be the way it starts. Like, Oh, we're just talking about Bitcoin, you know, let's yeah. just record it. <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. That's kind of how mine started. I would sit alone in my house and just talk to myself for hours out loud. <laughs> and then I decided one day I was going to turn my microphone on. Uh, yeah, I'm glad you did. I've learned <laughs> learned a ton through your podcast, and I think you know people who are who have joined after you know uh, sometimes since the beginning, which is probably most of your listeners. Uh, I know, like going back and looking at that feed of 140 some episodes now. Is that right? Yep, 143 today. What? Yeah, 143 uh, might be intimidating, but man. Put it on like 1.5 or 2x and just go back to the <laughs> beginning and you're going to get an amazing just like Bitcoin education journey. Um, I've listened to every single episode at this point. I, I started listening around 40s with the 
uh, Lightning uh, Network podcast or episodes. There was like a series in the late 40s, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went back and and picked up all the rest, but it's good stuff. I think that was actually my first like really big like amp of listeners actually was that one you were talking about, the 47, yeah. 48, 49, and 50, which were Aaron Word- Aaron Von Wordham's uh, uh, breakdown of the entire Lightning Network and then my yeah, that article was so good. to follow it up. Yep. Um, yeah. I still, I still, I'll go back and listen to him just to get a refresher myself. Um, yeah. And I thought it was great too. Cause it was, uh, it was the, I think it was the first time you read one of your articles. Is that right? It was, it was remember. my very yeah. first article. I, I yeah. Think. And I, re- I remember that being, you know, I think important point in the show. Um, and, and since then you've really, your commentary is really, you know, you've, you've uh, devoted more time to it and, and it's expanded and man, there was one Epic show just a few couple of weeks ago. I think I, I messaged you about it. I was, I was like, it was the one where you went, you, you went on a like 45 minute commentary or something um, and got pretty <laughs> ranty and I loved it. Oh man, it was so good. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah. Let's get into uh, Bitcoin education stuff. That's what yeah, we're let's here talk to talk about. about. Let's hear to learn about yeah. Bitcoin. Um, yeah. So you, uh, just we we're going over the notes and stuff, and we were talking about the idea of building a filter. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we kind of we kind of chatted about this with the ICO stuff and Eric Wall's um, thing specifically because during the hype bubble, filtering is incredibly difficult. Um, yes. Yeah. But why don't you why don't, why don't you kind of break down your thoughts on that and what you mean exactly by building a filter? Yeah. So kind of the framework that I approach learning from. Um, in general is is the idea of building a filter and that is uh the first step is to identify the people uh or or sources of information that you're going to trust right education is unlike the bitcoin system itself education is a a trusted thing you got to trust the people um and you know science make science is great because and math is great because it reduces the need to trust uh, people's opinions and, and reduces um, subjectivity, et cetera. But of course, you know the dissemination of scientific scientific information is never it's not objective. Um, there's a lot of you know just opinion. Basically, as soon as you've done your study, uh, and and interpretations start to kind of take over, and um, it's impossible, I think, or really difficult to. Um, become a subject matter expert on everything that you would need to be a subject matter expert on to really, really understand Bitcoin from first principle, you know, you know, from, uh, the whole system from technology to economics to, Mm -hmm. you know, everything, uh, cryptography, et cetera. Um, so you're gonna have to trust some sources, uh, especially at first and, uh, that filter is going to be really important. So, uh, that's, I think that process is, um, it, I, I enjoy it actually. Uh, it's, I, I usually like I'll go on Twitter and I'll um, find some of the key questions that like when I came uh, came into to Bitcoin uh, last year May May 2017 or so um, is kind of when I really started diving deep on it. Um, it was just a process of identity. It was like well at that point it was you know. Uh, what are the altcoins was my first big question, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the scaling debate was happening. And uh, so I had to you know, kind of look at both sides. And I followed who I who appeared to me to be the most credible uh, based on their, uh, you know, wor- work on Medium and Twitter, et cetera. And, um, you know, I, I, I listen for facts and and um, and sound arguments and 
people who are willing to listen to, uh, listen to other people uh, in a re- who are being reasonable and engaging with them in a reasonable way. Uh, it's just super hard with all the noise, right? <laughs> That's mm-hmm. what we were talking about. All the trolls and and then you know the sock puppets, et cetera, et cetera. Whether or not even that, I assume that probably actually does happen. Um, but you know, even if it if their people aren't paid, there's just plenty of plenty of people who like enjoy being trolls, <laughs> and so they'll pick yeah. a side and start trolling. You know, it's um, interesting. Like it's that's, I think the filter problem is one that I, I mean, it's something that I very much have. Everybody has to do, but I kind of got really lucky in mm. being early on because there wasn't much to filter. Yeah. You know, when yeah. back in 2011, there wasn't, there weren't all these shills. There weren't yep. a thousand scams. Well, there were scams, but most of them were just exchanges that had no idea what they were doing. Um, yep. and, and, or, you know, like dark net market mixers or whatever that would just run off with your money. Um, right. But that's a very simple way to filter out, you know, just don't give other people your Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Uh, that, but, that's, yeah, I think that's a good point. And the whole idea of HODL, make, just really, what I've learned is you can just really simplify things down uh, by being like, all right, you don't even need to worry about the altcoins, just learn Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Um, you don't need to worry about trading, just hold it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And and then really focus on how things work and, and big picture, long-term thinking. Yeah, I've seriously yeah. considered reading the uh, that I hold all post <laughs> that drunk yeah. I hold all post on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I think I, I, think I did like read a, it on one of our episodes actually. Did you read on an it? early one? Yeah, yeah I think funny. I did. It is hilarious. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, filtering is it, it's a it's a far more painful challenge today because when you first get in here, you don't know you, you don't know how to judge what. There's so much stuff you have no basis yet to even judge what is fact yeah. or fiction in Bitcoin and all of this stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's not an immediate like you know standard or reference that says, "Oh well, you should go here to know that this is fact." Um, right. So it's I mean like the the discussions about Bitcoin energy um, that we've talked about, like the energy use, mm-hmm. uh, like it's so hard because you'll have somebody that has these seemingly explicit facts about numbers and kilowatt yeah. hours and stuff, but completely miss the understanding or the underlying point of what is actually occurring or the way they got those, you know, got to those numbers, how they, got those numbers, exactly. how they measure things or what they decided to include or not include. Some of them are yeah. absolutely absurd. The, absurd. <laughs> the, yeah. the 1% of the world's energy usage is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, uh, right now it is not. It's, it's yeah. yeah. It'll yeah. probably get there. Um, yeah, let's and hope. I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> and, let, and, let, and let's hope it's all you know, um, renewable energy that's would otherwise otherwise be lost. You know, to that's was yeah, that's used. that's one thing in in that debate that yeah, uh, Kurt, I don't want to go go down this rabbit hole, but yeah. but uh, that is that, one that's sort of sealed it up for me too. The incentives, right. everything about the, the incentives are all that matter in that regard, and there is no. There is literally nothing that has as direct a relationship between hash power and cost or energy consumption as Bitcoin mining. It's it's literally yep. like putting a direct dollar price on it. Yep. Um, it's, you it's could not have energy. better incentives for um, <laughs> renewable energy. And there was a, was a great article. I'm going to read this one on the podcast. I've got this right. in my list. But there's a great one talking about how Bitcoin is the only, Bitcoin mining is the only like um, producible asset that 
doesn't have to worry about the um, uh, the inconsistency of mm -hmm. a lot of renewable energy sources like wind right. energy or they, they use an example of a geyser um, is that you can always can use that energy and turn it into Bitcoin. Whereas in any other context, you can't run your blender yeah. on a geyser. Yeah, like, and have it run yeah. for a couple of seconds and then just sit there for a couple of hours. It's the cheapest energy in the world. It's free, basically. <laughs> I mean, and, and there's a there's even like companies in Texas that uh, natural gas producers that uh, would vent off natural gas because they're not enough demand for it at that moment, you know, mm -hmm. but they're pumping mm -hmm. it out or whatever, however they extract it. Just totally and, going uh, to waste. And it's just literally going up into the atmosphere, burning off because they just, they can't do anything with it. Well, they're, they're capturing that methane um, and mining Bitcoin with it. Uh, yeah. So, you know, then the miners turn off when they don't need it and it's super efficient for them. Yeah. It's so yeah. sad to see environmentalists get angry at something that I would argue is probably the best natural incentive they could ever hope yeah, to achieve. I, I am. I, I would consider myself a, an environmentalist, I guess, or a conservationist. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm concerned about making sure that we preserve our natural spaces on this planet because they're so. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're such a rare resource, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So Can't yeah, them, so. <laughs> so I would I would encourage anybody who is also concerned about those things to start supporting Bitcoin and buying Bitcoin and. And helping uh, the the you know kind of transition to hash power being you know 100 renewable. There's no reason it shouldn't be. So yeah, um, yeah. Okay, that was a that was a heck of a segue. But there we we'll, go. We'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. <laughs> we'll All right. <laughs> I do that. Sometimes. No, but one thing actually to take us back that I was thinking um, uh -huh. and I kind of bookmarked was I think when you're setting up your filters, like the, one of the first rules you should really look at is the Lindy effect. I think it applies to uh, educators as well, right? So mm -hmm. people who have been around for a long time and have had their ideas tested and they, they've produced a lot of work and, and publicly and put it out there and had it tested and questioned, mm -hmm. like Andreas Antonopoulos, right? So he was sort yeah. of the, I, I went to the internet of money one and two. And when I, you know, after I, you know, I spent the first however real quick, many- Real quick, yeah. um, just in case, um, I yeah. think, I, I, I don't, I'm, I know I've must have talked about the Lindy effect, but just in case the yeah. Lindy effect is the basic principle of oh, right. the longer something exists or has been around and survived, essentially, the longer mm -hmm. one can expect it to continue to work. Um, yeah. so it's just, just the basics, basic of, okay, this thing has been around for 15 years. I, I have very little reason to think it's going to collapse or disappear tomorrow because it has survived for 15 years. Um, yes. so you're talking about this in the context of like Andreas Antonopoulos's understanding mm -hmm. and explanations of Bitcoin all the way back to 2010 and 11 right. apply yep. still today and have been playing out exactly what he has talked about. In for the most part, for sure. Yeah. 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 Pretty, uh, epic yeah. accuracy. So, yeah, I mean, the, his credibility is high. Right. So I, I oh, yeah. would I would I would put him, you know, high up in my list of of trusted people in my filter. Um, and that's, you know, that's what I did. But I, I would say like the first few months uh, I was just looking at Reddit and Twitter and YouTube and, and some podcasts. Um, but most of them were like, uh, you know, altcoin market, altcoin trading, altcoin markets and stuff, because I was sort of, you know, uh, what's, what's, what's a good word for it? I was like enchanted by, by this, you know, like uh, game that was going on. Um, you know, who doesn't like to play a good game, right? And this is just like, there's a lot of information asymmetry and with a little bit of research and like getting into the right slacks or reddits or whatever, maybe you could like find out 
what is real and what's not and and uh and gain an edge and um i played that game for a while uh and it was it was fun but man it, it was terrible like in the end yeah. it was like six weeks of trading and like being up all night this is a 24 7 market I, I fancied myself a trader i was like i'm gonna learn technical analysis and I was, like, <laughs> watching these people on youtube um you know drawn drawn triangles on charts and all that shit you yeah. know <laughs> it's just like um so when i you know found andreas and started watching his videos and, and then read internet of money one and two and then i got it on audible so i could listen to it again and you know went through it again couple of times at 2x speed and, and and really started to get more of a grasp of, of what Bitcoin is, then that's where I started the walk toward Bitcoin maximalism. And I think we started the podcast sort of like, it was, it was started in January of this year. So it was sort of like halfway along that walk and pretty much there. And I think the early episodes to like maybe episode 10 or 11 or 12, you'll kind of see like we finished it off basically. Like we did a, a podcast about Ethereum and why it's, you know, the, the critiques of Ethereum and then EO, EOS and Bcash. And we, we did a couple episodes on Bcash and mm -hmm. scaling debate. Uh, I wrote an article about just called why Roger Veer is wrong about Bitcoin scaling. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that was kind of my way of really making my decision on, is it, you know, is this way of scaling better or this way? Um, yeah. And in researching Lightning Network and all that stuff. But now I've got to the point where I'm, I'm, fully in the Bitcoin maximalist camp, just be because I think, you know, I got there, I did my own research, I got there by myself. Um, and I think it's, you know, the most correct interpretation of what's really happening right now. So that's where I am at this point. Yeah. Okay. So you, have you kind of stopped, this might actually be a good place to hit uh, one of the questions I had lined up, but have you yeah. basically, you're done with trading yes. and yeah. all the technical analysis? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. So. I, I, I got lucky and it like it worked out for me because there was a bull market and it was almost impossible not to like make yeah, some more not Bitcoin, to make money. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, I was measuring everything in Bitcoin, which was a good. I, I had the sense enough to do that at least, you know. So, <laughs> um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't like looking making the mistake of watching the dollar value of my portfolio, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I sold everything out of all the altcoins in like January and I had a big, you know, tax mess to, to sort out. Um, oh man, that was, oh uh, yeah. Me, yeah. You and me both, man. Good Lord. So it's just not worth it at all. It makes no sense. You have it 24 seven market. You can never keep up with it. 95% of traders lose in the end anyway. Um, and you, you know, you've got it. You just got to be a, an, in, a almost insane person that doesn't sleep and also really friggin' smart to, <laughs> to do well. Like you need to be writing really emotionless. You emotionless, have to, you have to make yes. sure that you're going strictly by a technical analysis. And if it does not go your way, yeah. you leave, you right. know, there, hoping, there are guys, no fear, like just, right. just strict robotics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to follow your system. Once you start injecting your, um, your emotion into it and, and second guessing yourself, it's just, it's, it's done. Um, yeah. And you get wrecked. So anyway, I was fortunate enough to sort of wise up in time, um, and and uh, and you know paid my taxes off and all that. So I'm not now. I'm just not touching it anymore. I'm just accumulating. Got you. Um, yeah. Uh, with that though, do you think in regards to Bitcoin education, it seems yeah. like everybody goes down that rabbit hole, and mm -hmm. people start because speculation is a huge part of the market right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm kind of with you is that like, I actually still do uh, actually do it like, um, mm -hmm. like with a very, very small money amount of money just so sure. that I can 
stay, uh, I guess I have stopped watching small charts. I just, I just stay away from those completely, but like on yeah. daily and weekly charts, mm -hmm. I, I would try to keep my mind clear on what I think the general trend of the market is. Sure. Um, particularly with the volatility, you know, when you've got 20,000 one day and three months later it's 6,000. Yeah. Um, uh, do you think it's pertinent to teach looking at charts and just seeing like broad trends with the yeah screaming disclaimer that you should not be trading <laughs> but like you can at least get an idea of what's what's broadly happening in the markets or do you think it's just uh it's like giving somebody a little bit of heroin and saying don't do it again <laughs> and right. uh you know sending them down a path of drug addiction like totally. what's your thoughts uh, on that? Yeah, I mean, if I were to build a Bitcoin education company or business, which is, you know, we've kind of been talking about, uh, chatting about back and forth, um, since we're both interested in it and got together to talk about today, uh, I, I don't think I would talk much about trading. Um, I think you'd, you'd have to cover it briefly and talk about the basics and, and talk about, you know, uh, why it's probably not a great idea for you. <laughs> um, and, uh, I, I do watch the charts, you know, like I'll still look at trading view, but I watch like the weekly chart or monthly charts and look at the long-term trends, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They're still fun. To, they are, they're fun to look at. It's like, you know, it's like a sports ball thing. It's like watching the scores of your favorite you know, team or like watching the table of some premier league soccer team or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's the number that everyone watches. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would say just listen to uh, Ansel Lindner's Bitcoin and markets. And that's like all you really need to do. <laughs> and then you're, you'll be up on everything, fundamentals and price stuff. And, um, Ansel Linders, A-N. Yeah. L-I-N-D-N-E-R. Ansel Linder Bitcoin and Markets podcast. Um, it's one of the best podcasts, podcasts out there. And it's really, it's the only one that really does like the market analysis thing well. <laughs> so Interesting. I, I haven't checked that one out. People there. Yeah, you'll love it. It's good. All right. I will do that. Okay. Um, so, all right. So you got into this, uh, May, 2017, uh, yep. what were to you, um, uh, and this could include just your filter of like who you were listening to, who you mm -hmm. stumble across and maybe was there anything specific that said this person is trustworthy or this person mm -hmm. is saying something like worth listening to and exploring further. Yeah. And what, specific education resources did you find like what were your go-to's for people who are getting into it now and you mm -hmm. don't have anything reliable to grasp onto yeah so what i found for at first is not what i would recommend now for somebody <laughs> just getting into the space mm -hmm. so i'll just i mean there's no i i'll just skip to kind of what i've decided would, what I would recommend to somebody asking me now, which I get that question quite a bit, right? So um, I think there's the trilogy of Bitcoin you start with, which is the Internet of Money 1 and 2 and the Bitcoin standard. That gives you the technical foundation and the economic foundation uh, of the system. That's the Internet of Money by Andreas. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the Bitcoin standard. What was the other one? Um, the Internet of Money 1 and 2, I'm counting, is the first and second book of the trilogy, I guess. And then 1 and 2? There's two of those? There's two of them now, yeah. There was one that came out last year, uh, uh, all, all new material. 
Interesting. I must have only read the first one. I had no idea there was a second. Okay. Cool. Yeah. There's a second one now, uh, which is good. It's a good update. And then the Bitcoin standard um, by Saifedean, a moose. Um, and then I think, you know, if, if you're looking at the trilogy here, um, you know, like Lord of the Rings analogy, I would say <laughs> the, white, the white paper is the Hobbit. <laughs> so read the white paper first um, and then go into Internet of Money 1 and 2 and Bitcoin standard. That's what I tell people. Um, and, I, and I tell them very clearly, like, just don't worry about altcoins. Just don't even worry about it. Learn about Bitcoin. Um, think about it. And if it's something that you decide you, uh, you know, believe in, then we can talk about how to buy it or whatever uh, if you want. But, it, you, you know, it's got to be a long-term investment. And this is a speculative play. A long, you know, it's very risky. It may fail. There's a lot of ways it could fail. But, at, you know, at the same time, um, you know, it's 10 years old. There's a lot of de-risking that has happened over the past few years. There's a lot of infrastructure, mainstream adoption, uh, etc. So there's a lot of you know de-risking that has happened over the past few years, um, and you know I think it's obviously a sound investment. Um, but people have to make their own decision and do their own research, and that's where that's where I recommend people start. Uh, did you have um, you've de dive or delved into the uh, the technical aspects um, yourself? What what uh, specific resources had you found on that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I I used uh, lop.net slash bitcoin.html. Oh yeah. James the, the, golden, the golden source of Yeah. Um there's some great stuff, stuff there. Uh, and yeah, and if you're you know, I'm um I am not a all-star developer or anything like that, but I un understand developments and I've done it and I've led you know development teams and product teams uh, building web products. Um, and so I under, I, I can get onto GitHub and, and read and understand an issue queue and, and submit to it, et cetera. Um, so I, I think if you are someone who's, uh, that sounds interesting to you, or you, you've done that in, in the past, um, I, I think getting onto a prod, like the Bitcoin project itself, getting into that Slack and getting into the, uh, watching the Bitcoin repository on GitHub and then also watching like LND or pick, you know, pick a implementation of, of lightning, uh, and watch that. And I'm also pick, I have picked a, a wallet project to watch. So I've been watching the, uh, lightning zap wallet, uh, Jack Maller's project on GitHub and, um, just submitted my first issue actually to the, the issue queue there a couple of days ago. So I'm just kind of testing the, the app and, um, maybe weigh in on some UI, UX decisions, things like that. But it's a great way to, um, it's amazing actually that it's even an option that you can just, that's one of the amazing things about open source software. Uh, you can be a part of it if you want to. It's really, GitHub makes it super simple. Uh, so Honestly, uh, I think that's yeah. probably one of the best resources, particularly if somebody is interested in like, and, and huge, huge like, mountainous sized grain of salt here but if mm -hmm. you're interested in altcoins and icos um the the fact that almost every one of these projects and if they don't i would never touch it um but have like a slack or a discord where you can chat with the developers yeah and you can absolutely Bitcoin developers like yeah <laughs> the amount amazing. of access that you have uh it was funny that was one of the reasons why when I was originally looking at privacy coins that had interested me, because that topic specifically is, I think, crucial to the entire space, um, 
I would go in and look. Uh, I remember I somebody told me about Verge, and I was like, "All right, let's you know see what this is about." And I went in and chatted with some of the developers, and I I couldn't get. I specifically never touched it, even though I could have made a monumental amount of money. <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah. else was nobody else did this, and they just bought it. Um, but uh, yeah. uh, regardless, I'm still not touching it. Um, but I went in and asked one of the developers, like, okay, you know, what's your supply schedule? Like, what level of obfuscation is at the blockchain and stuff? And he'd be like, oh, yeah. well, we don't, we don't mix or anything at the blockchain level. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> how do you, how do you call yourself a privacy coin? It's like, well, the wallet has Tor. And I was like, oh, I can okay. connect any wallet over Tor. Why do you have a new token? Like, I just, exactly. and I was polite to the guy, you know, but. He was really defensive and yeah. just like, no, you want to be able to prove a receipt. It's like, if I have the hash, I can always prove the receipt. You can't, yeah. you can do that with Monero, but I was immediately like, I'm staying away from this thing. And it was specifically because I could go to the very source, yeah. have a conversation and be like, well, this is not anything. To that is do your own research right there. Like yeah. that's the epitome of it right there. Uh, yeah. And, and, and yeah, that is, you can do that. Um, yeah. So, and I don't know anything else that you can really have that level of access with. Like that's absolutely. Yeah. That is, it, it's unprecedented really Yeah. in like human society. I think, I don't know if that, that's a pretty broad statement, but I mean, I'm thinking about it and yeah, I mean, I, I don't understand when in, in the past, uh, you could, uh, basically permissionlessly be a part of the core development team or at least observe them, um, of a, you know, global money system, right? Um, a distributed system of, of this magnitude. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's pretty. That's pretty nuts to think about it. Like imagine, imagine going up into a Slack and having a chat with, just like talking <laughs> to the Federal Reserve chair or whatever. It's like I don't think you really got this <laughs> supply schedule worked out very well. It's like Janet, you shut up. Janet, Man, Janet. Man, I really, I really, really disagree with you, Janet. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't think negative interest rates are the answer here. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so um, uh, I just wanted to mention a couple things that I specifically, and, and these are more on the technical side. Um, uh, James and Lop is always a great one to follow, and Lop.net was a huge resource for me, yep. um, even early on, because that's been around for a while. A Lind um, Lindy effect again, yeah, it's been around for a long time. There so. you go. And it's um, been you know contributed to by the community and, and Jameson. I, you know, I trust him as a filter. So he's yeah, one of those people. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, have you ever, have you ever seen or heard of blockchaindemo.io or coindemo.io? I don't think I have. Those are excellent. I don't, I don't see anybody else. I don't see them mentioned anywhere and I don't even know how I stumbled upon them. This um, looks cool though. But yeah, they're really, really interesting because it literally just walks you through the process and you're just making your cool. own little mini blockchain. You can add peers, send transactions, you can change cool. blocks earlier and it shows how everything goes invalid. Um, uh, so you have to line up hashes and you have to correct the information if you change it. Um, uh, it just, and specifically you can hit a button. The thing I love most about it is that it will explain what's happening in English. Um, and then you can hit a button and it will flip the thing over at every single stage and say, here's the code that regulates this. Um, and then it will just show you the exact scripts and the code that is going on behind the scenes so that peers can connect, so that peers decide whether the block is valid or the hash is wow. uh, on top of the previous hash, so on and so forth. So, and I've been through, I go through it every once in a while. I still don't understand every 
individual piece of it, but I felt like it's an incredibly good visual and interactive source for kind of exploring how those things work. Um, yeah. And I've really enjoyed both of them. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to playing with this. This is really yeah, cool. Yeah, definitely check and it out. U UI and UX is beautiful and yeah. cool. Yeah, somebody, so somebody spent a lot of work on that. Like those, yeah. uh, they did a good job. Well um, done. But then there's uh, Coursera.org, the number of courses that, that are out there now that are just yeah. technical and explain the stuff. Um, they're not they're not all perfect. Um, some of them are kind of elementary, I guess you could say. But, you know, they make great introductions. Um, I would want them to go into more detail and hardly any of them that I have stumbled upon. I'll just kind of turn some of them like the Princeton uh, University one or I'll turn them on in the background just to have them playing while I'm working on other stuff because yeah, I don't really have to focus on them, but I catch yeah. things every once in a while. Yep. None of them too. really talk about the really important stuff like money, the philosophy, um, the Austrian economics. I, I've had a number of them kind of mention it. Yeah. But it's almost universally just like this is a block and this is a blockchain. And, and I think those other things are incredibly important, but they still are wonderful resources on the technical topics specifically. Yep, um, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot out there. Um, I I feel like there is a there's a need, and I'm not sure if there is right now. But I think as we continue up the you know tech, the adoption curve of Bitcoin, um, there will be, and maybe it's and we can talk about the timing. Maybe it's some maybe it's the next bull run, uh, and it's now is the time to get started. But I think there's a place in the market now or in the nearest future uh, for a you know, for-profit, world-class Bitcoin education company, a service um, mm -hmm. that's you know, online, that um, is, makes a, instructors or a people available to answer questions, to have conversations, um, and you know, obviously online courses that kind of address all aspects of, of Bitcoin. Um, to various degrees of of um, of depth, and I, I you know this is why kind of the broader idea I had when I started the Citizen Bitcoin podcast. I only had I don't have time right now really for something on the side, and so it's a hobby podcast right now. But the broader idea and the reason I named it Citizen Bitcoin was to you know build a, a business that can produce good citizens of Bitcoin. And to me, a good citizen of Bitcoin is someone who's taking personal responsibility, running your own nodes, uh, securing your own keys, doing your own research, you know? Um, and I think there's a, a space for a company that can provide, uh, you know, high, top quality education that's done that filtering um, for you for the most part, but is transparent about that um, and, and continues as Bitcoin evolves to bring in people on both sides of an important debate, you know? Um, but bring in people who are reasonable, you know, and have have sort of a, clo a closed garden, safe. Uh, I don't, this word, the phrase safe space is so like politicized, but that's not what I don't mean it in that way. But um, have a place where it's sort of regulated in a sense or filtered, right? Um, 
yeah. and that you can trust are going to be people who are reasonable and thoughtful and considered and considerate when they discuss these important decisions that need to be made. Uh, and I think, I think that'd be a big, a major service to the community or well, not the community. I'm trying not to use that word either, but to the big, to Bitcoin, uh, and to growing a successful and usable and the, making Bitcoin the best it can be. I think, uh, we yeah. got, we really need to get people, educate people in that way. And um, it's, it's, there's like a number of the, like I just had the episode recently about the Bitcoin residency by Chaincode labs. Yeah. Um, and uh, then you've got like programming blockchain with Jimmy mm -hmm. Song. Mm -hmm. um, you've got Nicholas Doriers and uh, the One Vortex's um, yep. course. Uh, there's a lot of things like this, but kind of popping up now. And it, you so know, many of them though, like, like has been able. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, the the thing you mentioned though specifically was having people available and having an always yes. online resource. Um, is all of these other things like programming blockchain is it's like a two week thing in California. And I'm like, I can't, I can't go to a two week thing in California. And I'll, I think programming also, blockchain is actually just two days. Um, and he's doing one from oh, chain code labs. That's the, the week. That's longer. The two week one. Yeah. Okay. That's the yeah, one. yeah. Yeah. Jimmy's is just two days and he is doing one. I don't, or maybe already has, I don't know. Um, that's available online too. So like, um, Oh, live. it is available online now. Yeah, there's still only a certain number of seats, okay. but you can join virtually. Um, the one that he was doing in Chicago, and I think it might still be upcoming, but I heard him say some, say something about it on one of his videos. Gotcha. But yeah, that's that's a good example. And I think, you know, Andreas has been able to make a, a, a business out of Bitcoin education. Um, Jimmy Song is um, the Nakamoto Institute and P like Pierre and uh, Rochard and Michael Goldstein. Saifedean is, has launched a Patreon and has his book sales to to help. Um, I'm sure that that hopefully at some point will add up to something that's like sustainable income and revenue for him to keep doing mm -hmm. his work. Um, you know, so it's starting to happen. And the the people who are most trusted are the market. You know, justly is rewarding them with sustainable revenue to keep doing that work. And I and I think that that time might be now. We could talk. What do you think? I mean, um, we're both sort of in started our podcast for the kind of the same reason that we want to see um, a high quality Bitcoin education um, out there in the world. Um, and I think this, you know, the best way to do it ultimately is to create a sustainable business that, that can provide that service in a, in a, you know, long-term way and, and really speed people along that sort of understanding of what Bitcoin is, um, you know, make it instead of taking six months of like, lots of work trying to you know get through that filter and read all this stuff and maybe get it done in a couple of months or a month or something and mm -hmm. and and then go on to the more uh, in-depth stuff which you know the business could also provide if there's enough resources so what what do you think the time on, on the timing question though my having been here through i don't know i guess it's four just enormous bubbles um mm -hmm. <laughs> bear markets are always the time to build so yeah. That's um, what I've gathered too. Yeah, it's it's where your filter gets your filter gets cleaner, and yep. you know there's not so much shit clogging up the corners, <laughs> right? And so the you noise can, dies away a bit. Yeah, you can get more streamlined into what you're doing, so that you know what you're supposed to be building, um, mm -hmm. and uh, whether or not it will be. I think any service around understanding or helping people get a better clearer image of what Bitcoin and these cryptocurrencies are at a mm -hmm. technical and philosophical level um, yep. will be 
it, there's there is some sustainable market marketed like business there 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 definitely yeah. is because the demand is high um but uh it's always it's always in the bear markets um i don't think i think building in the middle of a hype bubble um and trying to get out you're, you're gonna end up missing that swing um yeah. and you're gonna you'll release the product when everybody is abandoning ship <laughs> yeah right right so so definitely as far as timing goes get it out in the bear market and benefit from that lindy effect it's like coinbase yep. is Absolutely. the coinbase wasn't a huge company for um th they were a you know a market leader even early on sure but they really just exploded in 2017 because they had been around and right. people knew they weren't going to exit scam and they had survived uh, yeah. uh, an explosive growth and crash um, right. previously. So, yeah. And I think Bitcoin education is a core piece of infrastructure, you know, really uh, just like Coinbase or exchanges in general or uh, mining, uh, mining companies in general, which also kind of similarly to Coinbase, Bitmain, you know, made tons of money and lots of miners made tons of money last year um, and really industrialized the whole system. Um, I think Bitcoin education as a core piece of infrastructure will move from this sort of um, kind of freelance one off uh, scratching together a sustainable income to produce Bitcoin quality Bitcoin education content um, like like Jimmy and Andreas and Savedine, et cetera, um, into really the beginnings of an industry that I think will be pretty big. And it, it, it's, you know, online education is already growing enormously fast. Uh, and I think it's sort of the future of education in general. It's, I mean, it's the present of education, uh, but it will just keep continuing to grow. And I think Bitcoin is going to be a really big niche kind of market in online education because it's everything, <laughs> you know, it's the entire, it's everything. It, it affects yeah. everything. It affects every person. The potential market is every single person on the planet. Yeah, the social uh, scalability is kind of out of control. There, yes, there is as, no limit really. Um, yeah, and exactly. Explicit, explicitly, <laughs> segue back to what we were talking about earlier, it is specifically because of the energy cost and the completely unbiased independence of the math of the proof of work, yep. proof of work that it has that social scalability and it yep. can be a benefit and medium of cooperation for the entire world absent yep. of any specific jurisdiction boundaries, just all of that fall away. Um, and, you know, it, like Nick, Nick Szabo talks about the idea of social scalability and in, in his blog, unenumerated blog. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if social scalability is, is the idea that uh, you can overcome shortcomings in human minds um, and the, the motivating and constraining aspects of the, of the institution that you're talking about, um, in this case, Bitcoin, um, that might limit who or how people or how many people can successfully participate, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think in order to socially scale in the best way possible, you really just need you need educated or good citizens of Bitcoin uh, to sort of be a model model citizens of this kind of new economy um, and and help their friends and family, you know, along with the transition. Uh, I, I think that'll play a big role in how everything plays out. So I agree. I agree. That's yeah. a, and, um, a funny thing is the Nick Zabo's uh, money blockchain and social scalability is I, I think I'd have to check, but I'm pretty sure it's still one of my, 
if not the most, is definitely one of the top three most listened episodes of my entire podcast. And that was all the way back in like episode 60 or something like that. I can't remember. It's an important read for sure. Oh, to yeah, understand what, to understand Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I'm at in terms of in thinking about this. And, you know, so if there's anyone listening out there who is an, uh, a Bitcoiner who understands the importance of Bitcoin education to the way Bitcoin evolves and um, is adopted, uh, you know, hit us up. I <laughs> would love to talk to you more about uh, getting something going. So, um, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think there's I mean, there's a ton of opportunity here. Um, I, I want to ask, excuse me, I want to ask your opinion on for everything that we've kind of hit so far, uh, because yeah. like social scalability and Zabo's work in particular, I think is a really, it's one of those examples of something where it's more about the philosophy and the theory of it that you don't get from places like Coursera and Udemy and those kinds of things, but is yeah. so critical to understanding it. Um, mm -hmm. where would you... Where do you think, having come in in mid-2017 mm -hmm. uh, and more recently kind of jumped these hurdles yourself, what's the biggest gap? What's the largest education hurdle that you think where either mm -hmm. people believe something that's the polar opposite, that's just wrong, or yeah. they're completely ignorant of it, or some misconception, or is it computer literacy? Is it like, where do you think that gap, the worst uh, gap I I think the biggest conceptual leap that needs to be made by somebody who's just coming in to this is understanding that um, that most 99% of, of altcoins and those projects don't matter or won't matter in the future. Um, and that you know, for a couple of reasons, which we've talked about on the, on my podcast, I know, we, and we just talked about it, um, with you well, on the episode you were on, on citizen Bitcoin, uh, which was posted yesterday, uh, Wednesday, I think. Um, anyway, yeah, it, we talked about it then too. Um, it's just it, that conceptual leap from just ignore that stuff, right? At least at first, like if maybe you won't be convinced, uh, the Bitcoin maximalism is is the most likely um, right way to interpret what's happening right now. Um, you, it's it's definitely worth your time and an efficiency trade off like calculation to like at least explore Bitcoin maximalism first, because then you don't have to if you you know find it compelling, then you don't have to do anything else like research any <laughs> other stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like decide that first um, is what I would say, and like that once you make that leap. Uh, then you can decide what you're going to do with the rest of your time based on what you just, you know, the, the choice you make or decision you make. Yeah, I think that's probably a good position to take is Bitcoin maximalism as the default when entering the space yeah. and then require someone to convince you that it's wrong. You yeah. know, like, like branch out and let somebody learn the Bitcoin maximalist position first. Yeah. Um, and I think. And I think a part of that, which I think is the, I personally think is the biggest gap, which is why Bitcoin maximum, maximalism is both likely the kind of the, the, the 90% of the reality of this whole space. Mm -hmm. um, but in addition, why it, uh, 
the barrier to getting people to Bitcoin maximalism is something that Safedine's book, The Bitcoin Standard, covers is the economics and the money. And I think that's yep. why that book is so important is that I think that is the main delineation between understanding Bitcoin maximalism and mm -hmm. basically feeling like you're in this just spaghetti bowl of all coins and ICOs and not having yes. the slightest clue how to pick out one from the other. Um, right. Is it, is I mean, economic, it's the Austrian economic theory and the basis of what money is historically and today, mm -hmm. what role does it serve? Um, yep. Because uh, a lot of people just don't. I mean, if you ask the average person what money is, you won't get. Oh no! They, yeah, no doubt. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's well, just we, I, I get, had to think about it really. It's you know, it's kind of I want a sandwich and I give them paper. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's been decided for us for so long yeah. that you. It's just not something that seems uh, that needs to be talked about. But you don't even um, you don't even stop and think about it. It's it's the. I, very yeah. definition of that phrase does the does the fish know it's wet kind of thing <laughs> exactly yeah it's always exactly. in the water it does not even consider that there is something not wet in the world <laughs> yeah exactly and i i think i think understanding kind of the twin foundations of bitcoin maximalism the the technological like the fact that a that protocols network protocols tend toward one and that m money tends toward one when it's chosen on by consumers on an open marketplace, um, then that's it. I mean, so you have those two forces working in favor of Bitcoin, plus you have all the network effects that Trace Mayer talks about. He identifies seven network effects. I don't have them memorized, but you know, the most important of which are the, the developers. Uh, we have Bitcoin has the best developers in terms of quality and quantity by, you know, an order of magnitude, at least over the next closest project. Um, you know, and, and that's that same principle just applies to all the aspects of Bitcoin um, and then to money itself. So uh, it, it seems to make sense. And then you rid yourself of, you know, even having to dive into all that you know, like confusing stuff that's rife with scams. Um, and it's just, yeah. So that's that's where I'd say people need to start. I think yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I think I think we're kind of on the same page there. Um, now, one uh, one major thing I wanted to hit that I think um, and we talked about this before the show, and I think you're right that it should be avoided, but I kind of wanted to get you to drop your take <laughs> on it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is that particularly with the economics and money is there is a lot of political contention mm -hmm. around what is, you know, correct or, or, or right in the sense of that. And, it flies in the face. Like, I mean, if you try to get, if you try to explain uh, Bitcoin to um, Paul Krugman, like he's not mm -hmm. going to, you know, you're never going to get him to drop his economic philosophy to right. understand sound money. Um, and that has pretty serious political implications of, particularly for people who think that the government should be in charge of almost mm -hmm. everything. Um, so do yeah. you think that should be addressed, ignored, or just hit? This is what Bitcoin is. It exists. Take it or leave it. Yeah. So like, should it be addressed by like a Bitcoin education like, yes. curriculum? Yes. Yeah. In an education right. sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it has to be talked about for sure. Um, because there, you know, I think you 
focus on Bitcoin, the system itself, and the system itself is not political. You know, um, it's a it's an apolitical system, which is one of its best qualities. Um, but that's not to say that the consequences of adopting the system is apolitical. You know, because you're moving from a political system, <laughs> um, and and just human society is not going to get rid of politics. Bitcoin is not going to kill politics, right? I mean, politics is the way we. Um, uh, try to decide collectively our, our value system as a society. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to have effects and they should be, that should be acknowledged and talked about. I think at first, especially I would kind of, I would not have the curriculum, uh, sp or spend a lot of resources, I guess, um, supporting, uh, political, the political implication, educating about the political implications or discussing the political implications of Bitcoin. Um, I would focus on the system and educating about it and let people kind of go out and, and use other forums, I think, to uh, debate the political and social implications. Um, yeah. That's, that'd sort of be how I started, just to, just to you know, you got to focus your, your product offering and your service and, and make sure you don't get distracted. And I, that would, that's just a whole kettle of lots of worms. <laughs> uh, get, yeah, so, that's, not, yeah. that's not a can of worms. That's a, that's a shipping crate with cans of worms. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think that'd be my answer as like an entrepreneur, a CEO of a, or somebody who's leading a Bitcoin education business. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I think it's important to talk about, obviously. I just think, you know, let that happen on other forums. So. Yeah, and it's amazing, too, though, is that Bitcoin in a political sense is as unbiased as you can get. Um, yeah. uh, and there will inevitably be pushback specifically because it does not, it does not take what is perceived as the important social issue at the time and then force it onto everyone. Instead, mm -hmm. it literally could not care less right. about like math is completely independent to what color you are, what yep. sex you are, where, what jurisdiction you live under, so on and so forth. Your culture is absolutely external to what is going on in the system. Um, right. And Bitcoin won't it's, pat you on the back or <laughs> make you feel better or hate you or anything for any of those reasons. It cannot by definition. So Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that's, you know, beautiful thing about Bitcoin. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, well, let's see. Um, was there anything else specific you wanted to hit? Um, I think I'm I think I'm running think towards the end of my list here. I am too. Yeah, I think we hit all the kind of big points I wanted to talk about. Um, well, really awesome. appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. It's always it's fun. fun. Enjoy the chat. Um, uh, did you want to, you know, plug your podcast? Like final thoughts? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you can follow the podcast. Uh, find it citizenbitcoin.world, W O R L D, citizenbitcoin.world, on the web. Um, you can follow the feed from there. There's a link to subscribe from Apple podcast slash iTunes, whichever you want to call it, uh, really would love to have some people leave some uh, reviews on iTunes. That really does help. Like the first few, we don't, we only have one for me right now. So the, oh, no, the first few, you did? I reviewed yesterday. Nice. Yep. Uh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> I didn't check this morning, but I appreciate that. You said you were going to. Um, so yeah, but the first few make a big difference. Just getting to like four or five can help a lot in terms of exposure. Uh, so that would be a huge help right now. Um, we're on at Citizen Bitcoin on Twitter and uh, on the Bitcoin Hackers instance of Mastodon as well. Um, so would love to hear from you and, and any thoughts you might have on on my takes and things you'd like to hear on the podcast and et cetera. So 
All right. Cool story, man. It was <laughs> wonderful having you on the show talking as always. And uh, I'll stay in touch. And uh, All right. thanks for joining me, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Take care. Later. All right, I will be sure to add all the links so you can check out the Citizen Bitcoin podcast. Uh, he's at Citizen Bitcoin on Twitter. And um, uh, so you can keep up to date on what they're up to. I think they've got some projects in the work that I think are going to be pretty exciting. And I know I'm going to keep in touch with him. So we should see some cool stuff from them on the horizon, I think. And uh, yeah, don't forget to follow me if you have not and subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave us a review as well if you are enjoying the show. Uh, like Brady said, it really is a huge help. Um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Cryptoconomy and I have my Mastodon link in there as well if you want to hang out with some Bitcoin OGs and maximalists in the Mastodon social media space and uh at medium as well also at the crypto economy and uh don't forget that you always are able to donate to the show if you would like to support what i am doing and the work we got going on here there's a lot of stuff going on in the background and like i said there's going to be some announcements this week so stay tuned hit that subscribe button and don't miss the next couple of episodes we got a fun week ahead and uh outside of that you can all don't forget to get your Trezor wallet if you haven't gotten your hardware wallet yet. You need to. And I have an affiliate link so that you can buy your Trezor. And at no cost to you, you'll send a couple of bucks my way. And if you're thinking of buying it sometime in the future, uh, save your bookmarks uh, for the Trezor shop as my affiliate link so that you will always support the show whenever you buy from Trezor. Uh, it's a wonderful hardware wallet. I swear by it and definitely recommend it for anybody holding crypto. All right, guys, we will close this one here. Thank you so much for joining me, and I will talk to everybody tomorrow with another episode of the Crypto Economy Podcast. Take it easy, guys. Thank you.